0: You are listening to the very first episode of Tink Off on Tap, recorded on May 6th, 2017. And before we begin, I would like to thank you for your courage and bravery for choosing to listen to this podcast. Because... First episodes of Anything Generally Suck, and I'm sure this one will too. (laughs) But I know you're brave, so hang in there. You might find something interesting in here. But uh, I have to start somewhere, right? I'm getting back on the horse, and the horse is grand, so let's get started. But before we do, I have a little fair warning and disclaimer. Yes, this podcast is intended for mature audiences. So now is time to put your earbuds in or get the kids out of the room. You've been warned. Let's get this fucking show on the road, shall we? So if you're really listening to this, you're probably somebody that I know, (laughs) probably who listened to one of my podcasts in the past, or is lurking in the shadows, who knows? I have no idea. But you might be asking yourself, why a new podcast? Why now? Well, why not, right? Why not? I produced podcasts for the last 10 years, and I put myself in a self-induced hiatus for the last five or six months as I took down a popular club and podcast many of my uh, previous listeners know as the Slow Runners Club. So I will answer here and now at the beginning of this new podcast why I did that. Well, I think I think the Slow Runners Club had a really good run. <laughs> Excuse the bun for all of the runners that are listening it was great. It was a really great thing, but I think I just ran out of steam. Really, it was just burnout and injury. Right, I've been recovering from an injury for the past five or six months. I injured my lowered back, and I'm in physical therapy now, and things are good. And maybe, perhaps, by the end of the year, I'll be back on the road again. But uh, I just, I just wanted to do something new, at least, and I didn't know what that was. So I took a good look over the last few months of what I would like to do, right, and uh, that's what I'm doing here. So when I looked at what I'm really passionate about, and I've always wanted to do this, I always wanted to do one of these things, is to do a podcast about beer. Really good beer. Yes, beer, alcohol, all that good stuff that I love within reason, right? And the other thing that I really love, which is stories of high strangeness, weirdness, all that crazy stuff that we used to do in my other show, Shock of the News. You know, alien abductions, UFO sightings, Bigfoot, hyper-dimensional realities, all that crazy stuff. I love that. So this is a combination of that. And the reason why I'm combining the two is like when you go out for a beer with your buddies, you usually talk about about crazy stuff. And the longer you're there, the deeper the conversation gets. So while we certainly will not be talking about running or fitness or motivation or any of those things, they might seep through now and then. If the theme is right, I have a few things in mind of where we can go, but mostly we'll be talking about beer and weirdness, which I think can go together pretty well. Also, my goal of this podcast is to leverage the position I have. Leveraging positions? (laughs) Fuck yes. Leveraging my position here in San Diego, which is the craft, Beer capital of the universe right now It's incredible We have over 200 independent breweries Within say a 15 mile radius of me That I plan to go out and visit and talk to I plan to take you on some tours Do some live tastings And we'll be doing some tasting today But it's a very exciting place to be And I want to get that voice out there And I think ultimately what I really want This will be the real measure of the success of the show I want free beer (laughs) I just want free beer And I think the same thing goes with All of that sort of alternate reality stuff Not alternate truth and fake news. I mean, just high strangeness and weirdness. There's more weird stuff here in Southern California than you can shake a stick at. And hopefully I'll bring you a few stories like that. Hopefully we'll get invited as the beer guys or the beer guy (laughs) at their UFO conference. And then at the beer conferences, they'll say, oh, there's that crazy UFO guy. (laughs) So it's like kind of a perfect mix, right? It's like cream cheese on a bagel (laughs) or something like that. Thank you for listening to that five-minute introduction. It won't normally be that long until we get to what's on tap for this episode, which is Arrogant Bastard Ale. That's what we'll be tasting from Stone Brewing, which is just a classic ale. A classic ale from Stone Brewing. Now, if you know anything about craft beer here in San Diego, Stone is the big gargoyle on the block. Stone is headquartered near me in Escondido, California. It was founded in 1996 by Greg Koch and Steve Wagner. It is the largest brewery in Southern California and the ninth largest brewery in the United States of America. I think they produce around 325,000 barrels of beer a year. And that has been increasing year over year by about 13% or so, which is an amazing amount of liquid. This brewery first came on the scene with something called their Stone Pale Ale which is still around today. It's very good. I think they just call it IPA now. But the beer that really put them on the map was Arrogant Bastard Ale. It was released 20 years ago and this was really their watershed beer and really put all of San Diego on the map. Now what's really interesting about this beer, according to the founders, Greg Kutch, it was a mistake. They overflavored the beer with hops and it just made such a spectacular flavor. They said they had to let it go because let it go as in put it out there. Stone Brewing is rated as a world-class brewery uh, by two of the largest beer enthusiast websites rate beer and beer advocate and i think they're the number one all-time top brewery on planet earth according to beer advocate which is amazing you can find out about them at uh, stone brewing but what i like about the arrogant bastard ale is that this is an aggressive beer and uh (laughs) (laughs) to prove that they say that on the back this is what it says on the back of the label (laughs) this is an aggressive beer you probably won't like it it is quite doubtful that you have the taste or sophistication to be able to appreciate an ale of this quality and depth we would suggest you stick to something safer and more familiar in that territory maybe something with a multi-million dollar ad campaign aimed at convincing you it's made in a little brewery or one that implies that their tasteless fizzy yellow beer will give you more sex appeal perhaps you think multi-million dollar ad campaigns make beer taste better perhaps you're mouthing the words as you read this as i read this i have this bottle in my hand and i like to buy the pint bottles it's a pint and six fluid ounces they're really popular now so we get enough of the beer uh it's it's their their signature beer it's so popular that they have their own website there's stonebrewing.com and there's i think arrogantbrewery.com and uh, there's many different variations on arrogant bastard ale right now last week i was sitting at stone brewery brewing at their tap room down in liberty station which is near the airport and i had their uh their triple bastard which was just outrageous <laughs> it was outrageous but this alcoholic beverage this beer is seven 2% alcohol by volume, ABV. Another double ba- bastard is 10 and uh, 10.1, I think. And then uh, the the triple was like 14, it was outrageous. But uh, it's 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 quite a beer. And as I said, as I open it, can you hear that? Okay, we get the cap off. I'm gonna pour a little bit into the taster glass and I'm just gonna pour about, I don't know, about four ounces of beer out there. We'll talk about the color. It is a beautiful, nutty brown, okay? Almost like uh, when you see cherry wood or, or a beautiful brown stain. It is not a yellow beer, right? It's not a yellow beer. And what's interesting, IPAs are generally lighter in color. This one is not. Now, it's not black or dark like a Guinness or a Stout. It is definitely in that kind of nut brown range, but it is just gorgeous. Kind of like uh, the deep brown of, say, a, a guitar, an acoustic guitar. It's got pretty much a good head here. I would say, you know, just by pouring in this little four-ounce glass, I must have like three-quarters of an inch of fizzy head which is great you don't want a flat beer unless it's pulled from a vapor tap right so that's good so we know it's fizzy but not too fizzy right i find that a lot of commercial industrial beers have so much fizz in them which is great if you have indigestion or it's a really hot day like a lawnmower beer right i I like pbr just like anybody else but this is not that kind of beer right and look i really like this beer it has a lot of significance to me. Right? There's many moments in my life that I can remember tasting this beer. The first time I tried this beer, yes, the first time I tried this beer was with my good friend Marathon Eddie when we ran the Marine Corps Marathon and we met for the first time in Washington, D.C. We drove out to Virginia where we were staying with another friend of mine, Tom, and he he, he was busy uh, at work so we went and found a, a little place for you know beer and burgers, a little pub near him just on a little strip, unassuming, but they had a special on stone all the way from san diego and we're in virginia and that's where i had it first i was living in florida at the time and we tried this beer and it was just magnificent it's so significant and then also i can remember i think it was with st- my good friend steve runner uh this was several years ago when I also and i was still was living in fort myers and my daughter was just coming of age to drink beer now my daughter is 25 now and she's, she's got an incredibly gifted palate she loves good beer just like her dad and uh, at that time she was just getting started very interested in beer just turning 21 and uh We went to Total Wine, which is this huge warehouse store, just you know, over a million bottles, kind of like the Costco of of alcohol. (laughs) Which is, I used to call it Mecca for my ears. And we would go there, uh, or I'd call it the library. I'd go take out a few bottles and return them empty. But uh, Steve and I brought back a few bottles of interesting beers. And that one, I mean, Arrogant Bastard Ale. I mean, it's great. It's got this gargoyle on the bottle holding up a mug. You know, it's like kind of a winged creature with horns and a snarl, like (laughs) it's just great. You know. you taste this you're in for something so that was one of the first craft beers that i had with my daughter right so this is a significant beer to me it's not my go-to beer because it is a punch in the mouth (laughs) i've had it before and now i'm going to get that punch and now that the head has subsided a little bit there's a few big bubbles on the top let's give this a good taste shall we so this beer has such a strong hoppy character. Hops are the flowers that go into the beer, you know, when they brew it. It gives it much of its flavor. It's kind of the classic IPA flavor. It's also a bitter flower. So it's just kind of this big, bitter floral front. And Arrogant Bastard Ale has about twice as many hops as, say, an IPA. So it's like an IPA on steroids. But as I mentioned, the color of this beer being that nut brown, there's all this caramelization and nuttiness that comes through in the aging and the the brewing of this beer. Um, I'm sure that's from the barley and and the other sugars that are imparted by the natural fermentation of this beer. It's just fantastic. Now, one thing about this beer, because it is such a strong message in your mouth... It's really for slow drinking, right? You sip on this beer. You can't chug it down. If you're thirsty, it's a hot day. You just came from cutting the lawn. Don't grab one of these guys, right? And also, seven, while seven isn't really super high now, the super highs are like 10 and 14. Seven is, you know, probably after you had a bottle of this, you want to wait around for an hour or two before you get in your car, right? I don't have any plans of driving until much later today. But uh, seriously, folks, don't drink and drive. It is not worth the the risk, right? But it, it's arrogant, <laughs> for sure. I'm telling you this with arrogance, but I'm enjoying this, and it is great. Now, if you're not too sure about IPAs, there are other beers that might be of your pleasure. I would not recommend this as your first beer if you're going into craft beer, because it is so strong. My wife like to, likes to call these stinky beers. Oh, another one of those stinky beers. Now, I love this stink, <laughs> personally. It's a good stink, but it is. It's strong. It's arrogant. It's in the name. It's fantastic. And it pairs very well with hearty food like a burger or ribs or something really strong or something sweet and dense would uh, this would cut right through that also uh, Arrogant Bastard Ale is really good with spicy Italian like uh, some heavy sauce or something like that instead of um, if you were drinking something super light like a lager you may not even taste it because your your mouth is just burned out from all of the, the pepper and the spice and whatever is in there in that sauce this it cuts right through like a like a ship through the fog just like hey man (laughs) I am here. I am here. And that leads me right to our first story today of weirdness. Did you know, speaking of I am here, California is the top destination for UFOs and aliens, at least spotting them. According to Jake Ellison, which was a story that was posted in the San Francisco Gate in March 29th of this year, the majority of Americans reporting UFO sightings are in California, including San Diego, where a number of sightings were reported as recently as this month. <laughs> we'll go into some of those. That's according to the National UFO Reporting Center and MUFON, the mutual UFO network. There has been more than 120,000 UFO sightings between 2000. And one and 2015 in the United States, and I know it's 2017, but they're still tabulating those numbers. California leads the nation with some 16,000 UFO sightings. <laughs> also listed are Florida, where I came from. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a lot of weird stuff in the sky in Florida. If you're looking, you will find it. Texas, the big state, Washington State, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> Some of the most recent sightings, according to the National UFO Reporting Center in San Diego, include a series of three independent reports that were all filed on March 15th of this year, where people saw three orange spheres of light organize into a triangle over the coastline and then disappear. So these things are in the sky for just a brief time. Now, I live at the foot of the Cleveland National Forest that leads up to the highest point in San Diego, San Diego, San Diego, which is. Mount Kuyamaka. And so when I look out in my backyard, I see just nothing but open space and there are very few lights. That gives me a beautiful view of the sky. Now, I can tell you, I'm also on the flight path for Miramar Air Force Base, which is the Marine Air Force Base that's quite famous from the movie Top Gun. So I am sure we're seeing a few things that might be military in nature that are not described or explained to most. But every once in a while, I can share, you see a light or a glow or even just a a luminescent cloud that's up there and you have no idea what it is. Sometimes I'll see uh, over the mountain ridges, little flashes, like a little ridge, like a, gle- a green laser flash or something like that. I'm thinking maybe that's someone on the ground with a really bright light or a laser pointing up and it's refracting off of something. Who knows? But there's a lot of opportunities to see some pretty strange stuff. When I lived in Florida, I saw some really weird stuff, and I think most of that was just due to all of the lightning. Fort Myers, where I lived, was the lightning capital of the world, and I saw some clouds that were just otherworldly. Some Form and flickering and, and electrical shots. And, you know, if you took a picture of that very quickly, you might get something on your camera that or oh, on your phone that might look beyond description but is... Probably just natural electricity. But who knows? You could go uh, check for yourself at uh, the National UFO Reporting Center at uh, www.nuforc.org. I will put links to them, newfork.org, on the website. And you can visit our website at takeoffontap.com. Pretty interesting. Also pretty interesting, which is something that I posted on the website earlier today, was that there was this supposed UFO sighting somewhere near Paris uh, at the beginning of may on may second and it's some of the most uh bizarre footage that I've seen. It's this uh, little video that was posted on YouTube. And some are saying that this cigar-shaped craft is the same one that was spotted in 2014 on uh, Gulf Coast, Australia, right on the beach from a webcam. And also the same shape that was spotted in China in 2010, which closed an airport for the better part of a day. A lot of people saw this very strange light in the sky. But if you have some time, go to tinkoffontap.com and check this very strange video. Now, to me, when I look at this, it looks like a disco light. It really does. It's like this thumping, pulsing laser coming from a cigar-shaped light that's kind of up on a tilt going down into the ground. Now, behind it, there's a secondary glowing sphere and a smaller sphere that's rotating around it. Very bizarre. And all of this is happening behind some power lines, which makes it compelling. To me, when I first looked at it, I thought it was just a reflection in the glass. I've seen this before. I've even taken photos like this, where what you're looking at is, is just, you know, a reflection. And it looks very compelling, very real. A lot of the evidence that I've seen is just basically that. Next time you're like in a Starbucks, go sit by the window and go see if you can take a photo looking out and get like one of the ceiling lights kind of in the photograph. And if you zoom in enough, uh, you won't see any of the rest of the window, right? And so it looks like that reflection of the light from the ceiling is kind of floating out on the sky that's in front of you, especially works great on a gray day, right? Or if you maybe make the color of uh, the photo. Of grayscale it's very convincing but you know it's just reflections folks that's it and also I've seen a lot of weird reflections in moving vehicles like when you drive in a car you take a picture out of a car window you're getting all kinds of light bouncing around reflecting off of the the windshield off of the mirrors off of the side windows and then into your lens <laughs> very easily that stuff can pass as kind of uh, weird sightings of UFOs in the sky but I don't know this one unless it was composited it's it's quite unique. So go check it out. The video that I posted is uh, interesting because the commentator has some ideas of his own and also shares the photos that were taken earlier in 2014 and 2010 from Australia and China, which I think are even more compelling. Those photos are just outrageous. And again, when in Gold Coast, it might just be some weird lightning that looks like this. But the Teltan sign that ties them together is that this cigar shape has light on the bottom and then these little slits along the edge. And they kind of look like uh, square windows portals or something like that very interesting a little spooky but go check that out when you have a chance and i am going to continue to check out this fine beverage (laughs) arrogant bastard ale as i uh, as i finish up my taster really good so if you want to uh drink something that'll teach your mouth a lesson. <laughs> Are you worthy? I don't know. You know, is it the most delicious beer out there? I don't think it's for everybody, quite frankly. I think it is very bitter. It's very high on the bitter scale of of this kind of beer. And, you know, it's like, I would say this is something you could work your way up to or something that you serve along with really strong, heavy food, like a, like a pizza covered with everything or something like that. But if you were just wanting something to relax with, probably go to something a little more... T- at least as a starter beer. This would be something that you finish the night with. So uh, go check it out, arrogantbrewing.com or stone.com, stonebrewing.com. And uh, it's magnificent thing to check out definitely definitely worth it right so <laughs> i'm burping so much carbonation i'll be tasting a few more beers a few more local beers a few more beers that are off the radar this one i picked specifically and uh, i want to thank i want to thank neil yes neil beer is my good buddy who came down to visit me uh well he came down for a conference and said, hey man let's hook up and uh, we took the day uh last weekend uh on saturday and went to stone and it was great in liberty station and that's one of the things i'm spoiled by stone has i think three or four tasting rooms Uh, these incredible places you go in there and it's kind of like a gourmet restaurant. I think they have something like 60 beers on tap, beers that are brewed there, beers that are brewed near there, beers that are brewed all over San Diego, but all under the Stone flag. And also another cool thing that Stone does is it invites many of the local, smaller independent brewmasters to come in and use their equipment to brew a specialty beer or a limited run beer. We have a beer here where I live in San Diego is a town of Ramona and Ramona is known for for Chuck Alec, which we will definitely talk to Grant, who is the brewmaster of Chuck Alec, in a future episode, and go down there and do a live show directly from Chuck Alec. But uh, uh, Grant was invited to Stone, I believe it was, Stone, um, and and did a limited run. And it's just such a great experience because you got to realize some of these uh, independent brewers, it's just a mom-and-pop operation. You know, they're brewing in their garage or in their the shed behind their house where you would normally, you know, fix a motorcycle so you might have a motorcycle and kegs of beer brewing. But uh, Grant <laughs> from Chuck Gallagher moved his operations into a very small storefront on the main street in Ramona, which is great because you can go there and taste all this beautiful beer on tap that he does. And he's famous for his barrel aging, which is quite phenomenal. He'll get these old uh, oak wine barrels or bourbon barrels and and age the beer in such a beautiful way. But this is just so small. I mean, we talk about a a company like Stone and they're producing over 300,000 barrels of beer, whereas someone like The Grant would produce maybe be, I don't know, 300 barrels? (laughs) Maybe? I don't even know if he does that many. So, you know, it's great that Stone, rather than just running away, being one of the largest brewers, still independent in a sense that they support the community. And they put us on the map. They put us on the map. We have so many tap festivals here and tasting festivals. And uh, really, as I said, the goal of this podcast is just to give me some leverage so I can get into those tastings for free. Yes. So if you want to send me... (laughs) Some beer to taste. (laughs) Your own local beer, I'd be willing to taste that too. Just to get onto my, to to reach my achievement, my goal of getting free beer. (laughs) You can reach out to me at tinkoff at gmail.com right now. Tinkoff at gmail.com. I will set up a Tinkoff on Top email site. I will uh, set that up. But uh, in the meantime, as you wait for me to produce more shows and uh, more audio content, That's what TAP actually stands for, right? TAP, Tinkoff on TAP, T A P, Tinkoff Audio Project. (laughs) That's it. Hey man, I'm drinking beer here. Tinkoff Audio. project basically you can go to the website so the website is also going to be a blog yes a blog where i'll be posting every other day little bits and pieces of weirdness that i find as well as great stories about beer upcoming events whatever whatever you're interested in and if you're in san diego let me know because i'd love to share a beer with you just let me know when you're coming and i'll show up (laughs) so thank you so much for listening to this short opening episode and uh, i wish you well and um Many, many happy days, and I raise a glass to you. Cheers, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And hopefully that didn't suck.